Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, it's game day. The Sens are in Pittsburgh getting ready for a second straight matchup against the Penguins. And Tim Stutzla is not an all-star? What? Wow. Absolutely rigged. We'll get into that. And Pierre Dorian was boots on the ground in Los Angeles yesterday for the matchup between the Kings and Stars. Who could he potentially be scouting? This is the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 718 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Piller up in the Blue Mountains and Tim Stutzla was snubbed from the all-star vote. Pilsy, what's the point in doing a fan vote if you're not going to honor the results? I'll tell you the point. The NHL scammed all of us Sens fans. They're just like, oh, no one cares about the all-star. No one tweets about it. There's no hype. You know what we'll do? We'll dangle a little carrot in front of the Sens saying, if you tweet about all our all-star game over and over, maybe, just maybe, we'll give you the opportunity to send one more of your players from your team to the all-star game. And they bamboozled us. They tricked us. Because I know it's biased that, yes, we're Sens fans. We follow other Sens fans on Twitter. It's, it's a Sens Twitter universe. We are the main character on Twitter. I know that. But... It seems ridiculous to me that Tim Stutzla did not get in with the amount of voting that this army on Twitter held for him. Like, I'm honestly convinced, Ross, that they didn't even look at the numbers. They already had decided, and then they're like, let let the the people down there, let the peasants uh, do their little voting and promote our game, and then we'll just do what we want anyways. Because I refuse to believe that Tim Stutzla did not have... Uh, like one of the top two voting because two players get in, right? So until the NHL shows us the records, this this all-star game is under protest, in my opinion. Show them the records? Man, I'm going to count them myself. I don't trust them at all anymore. This yeah, is absurd. true. The records will just be botched anyways. Yeah. Oh, my God. It, it, it's a damn disgrace because Tim Stutzla at this All-Star game would have been hilarious. Him, Brady, Matthew Chuck in Florida. The content would have been all-time. What? Now we're going to get Austin Matthew showing us the, the next latest uh, swimwear or his new fashion line? Come on. Yeah, the, I bet you GQ is going to interview him at the... At the on the beach in in South Beach in Florida, David Pasternak, wearing a fur coat too. Yeah, David Pasternak, Austin Matthews, and Andre Vasilevsky are the Atlantic Division winners. Only names I saw were Tim Stutzla and Cole Caulfield. Yeah, if it was Cole Caulfield and Pasternak or Ann Matthews, but even Leafs fans were gathered around to vote for William Nylander. They weren't even voting for Austin Matthews. Yeah, and that's the thing, like. The NHL picked the most likely answers, but they didn't pick the fan-voted answers. Like, if you were to tell me Austin Matthews, David Pasternak, and Vasilevsky were the next choices, yeah, obviously, that makes sense. But that's not what we were seeing. And again, 
you can only look through the lens of what pops up on your timeline. But I don't know. It, some, something's fishy here, and I, I don't buy it. I don't, I don't watch the All-Star game anyways, but I would have tuned in a little bit or at all if Tim Stutz was there. But uh, I'm officially boycotting this All-Star game. What a joke. What? How are you going to live without the All-Star game? I don't know, man. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Actually, you know how I'm going to live without the uh, All-Star game, Ross? I'm going to be tuned in to every episode of the Locked On Senators podcast because there's going to be some fire interviews during that time. All right. I better get to work. By the way, next Wednesday, Menno Versteeg is going to join us as our Sen Central citizen. Fired up to have him on. Musician, diehard Sens fan, Ottawa guy. Going to be fun conversation. Stay tuned for that next Wednesday here, Locked On. Senators, Pilsy, Matthew Joseph returns to the lineup tonight for the Ottawa Senators after missing last game. And this is, we're going to put a bow on it because we're not going to try to do investigative digging. And why was he out? But Elliot Freeman did say something interesting on 32 Thoughts. He says he doesn't think that Matthew Joseph broke a team rule, but quote, something happened that the Senators had to deal with. So this is just getting more mysterious each time something comes up. What does that mean? Hmm. Like, what does that allude to? I don't know. Because it really seemed to me that, like, yeah, this was skip the meeting. meeting. Yeah, or not dress code up to standard or, or something like that. So I'm very confused by this. We've got our street reporter, Lalim's Martian, still covering the the beat still working working uh his sources so maybe we'll figure something out but yes it is a weird situation all around but but don't worry ross dj smith said attaboy joe today in the locker room so we know they're good dude how funny by the way we didn't even touch on this but when he goes attaboy g hey before he handed before he it was really funny that's almost like it's almost like uh, it's like a movie or whatever, and it, he forgot that it was his line, and then he's just like, "Oh yeah, Attaboy G." <laughs> uh, I clipped it, so next time Drew does something, stay tuned. That sense, yes, I'll, like tweet, I'll tweet that Attaboy G. Hey, <laughs> snap back the face off in overtime and got off, which I know yeah. the team loves, and that's why Claude Giroux is one of the best face off guys in the league, Jason. But now we move on. Um, no, it's going to be a good game tonight. One lineup change to tell you about for the Pittsburgh Penguins as well. Denton Heinen is in for Kasperi Kapanen. But oh. everything else remains the same. So no Chris Letang still. No Tristan Jari as well. Although he was on the ice before practice. Maybe the late starter. But from what we can read on the tea leaves, it looks like it will still be Casey DeSmith or Dustin Tokarski, Maybe. Um, playing in goal for the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. Obviously, Ottawa's coming off a 5-4 overtime win against the Penguins on Wednesday night. And this is a busy stretch here for Ottawa now. They've got a back-to-back with Winnipeg coming to Ottawa tomorrow. They're actually in Ottawa now. They played in Toronto last night. And that's going to be a prickly Jets team because they got absolutely hosed by the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll get into that preview at the end of today's show. But Pilsy, we also have to get in to some... To some pre-trade deadline speculation because Pierre Dorian had boots on the ground in LA. Now, would I ever blame someone for sneaking down to Los Angeles yeah. in, in mid-January? No, I won't. And our guy Bruce Garriott mentioning that he was also in Florida <laughs> last Saturday. I'm seeing a trend. Yeah, yeah, Arizona scouting trip next. Like, what's going on here? 
then hey, maybe he's going to hop on the Dallas Stars team jet, head back to Texas with them as well. He better come back with some sort of tan, eh? After all the work he's been doing. But I wouldn't mind if he came back with a right shot defenseman and Pilsy between those two teams last night. Lots of right shot defensemen to go around. Yeah, definitely. I mean, those two teams are interesting. I. I'm more interested in looking at the Dallas Stars side of uh, this spin zone because I'm really not that interested in many of LA's defensemen. Uh, but Dallas Stars, they have a couple of options that interest me. But again, nothing really that's going to solve your top four defensemen issues. And this is what I'm worried about with these rumors is Pierre Dorian's just going out there to do something, just to do something to try to save his job and show with the new owners, hey, I needed a top four defenseman. I got a guy. And... I don't. I just. I'm very confused by all this because obviously this team needs a top four defenseman, but which defenseman do they need? When do they need it? And for what price? We'll give you some of those names next here on Locked On Senators. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and. That's not just a tagline, guys. If you guys have tried Built Bar, you know that it's legit. And we have been pumping Built Bars. Look, Ross keeps a Built Bar beside him if you're watching uh, on YouTube every I had, episode. I had a, a coconut one yesterday before I went on the Peloton. Not a big deal getting back on the bike, uh, but it actually really helped me out. I didn't want something too heavy before my workout, but I was able to crush that super easy. Had that and a banana, and I was ready to go. There you go. Nice, simple. And Built Bar makes it easy. You can put them in your backpack, put them in your gym bag. If if you're going on a trip somewhere, Pierre Dorian, pack a Built Bar in your trip to Arizona next time. Look, Ross has got two Built Bars going here. He's ready for anything. And that's because he's got the protein bar that's high in protein, high in fiber, but low in calories and low in sugar. The ultimate combo. So you can get a Built Bar for yourself by going to built.com. Check out all the great flavors they have. Ross hold up uh, was holding up two raspberry bars. They've got coconut. We love all the brownie stuff. All the bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and we want you to try them all. So go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your next order. One more time, guys. Go to built.com. LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your next order. It's Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Glebe Central Pub. You're among friends at the Glebe Central Pub at 779 Bank Street in the heart of the Glebe. Make sure you let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. Go check them out for great drink specials, great food, great people, and great events. I want to point everyone to Glebe Central Pub on Instagram. They're always teasing what's coming up, whether it's an open mic night, whether it's trivia, whether it's live music. Who doesn't love live music? The vibes are always high when you're at the Glebe Central Pub. Not only at the Glebe Central Pub, but with them on their shuttle to and from Ottawa Senators games. Check out the full schedule coming up at GlebeCentralPub.com. But circle this on your calendar right now. February 17th, Chris Neal Jersey Retirement Game. We will have boots on the ground at the Glebe Central Pub. And we will be on the shuttle to and from that game. So circle it. You got a month to prepare for it. Don't say we didn't tell you. We'll be at the Glebe Central Pub. Check them out at 779 Bank Street and let them know that Locked On Senators sent you.
All right, Pillsy. So, Pierre Dorian in LA, we're going to let you know which players we'd like from that game. There's one in particular on LA, and Pillsy's saying, LA, I don't like them. Well, I got a name that I like. But the only problem here, Pillsy, is that when you're in the position the Ottawa Senators are in, when you're trading or looking or being rumored to be interested in these certain defensemen like a Matt Dumba, like guys on if it's L.A. or Dallas, you have to ask yourself, why are these playoff-bound teams trying to get rid of a defenseman that you think can help your team at the NHL level? Ross, this is the exact question I brought up when we started talking about Matthias Ekholm. Because if you're the Nashville Predators and you're mm. fighting for a wild card spot in a tough, tough uh, race, why would you then want to trade a a good, valuable veteran defenseman with term to another team? Then you're sitting there saying, hey, we need another good, valuable defenseman to help us out. So these are the questions you got to ask because no GM wants to do a trade to help out the other team. So why would a team like Dallas or L.A. trade one of these guys to the Ottawa Senators unless they're trying to dump off guys to save some salary so they can add someone that they think is better? So that's why it's very weird uh, that Pierre Dorian is fishing around these teams. And Ross, I'm interested to see what L.A. player you have your sights on here. I would love Sean Dursey to be on the Sens radar, but I don't think LA is going to move him. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for the stars, I was looking at a guy, Miro Heiskin. I think uh, that would be a guy that would work really great in Ottawa. <laughs> uh, Sean Dursey signed for this year and next at 1.7, and he's probably their number one defenseman right now. Like, they do have three right defensemen who kind of jump off the page here when you're looking at the LA Kings. Not only Sean Dursey, but Sean Walker, who is really an up-and-coming player until he suffered a big injury, only played six games last year. This year has not been good for him. He signed for two more years, this year and one more, at 2.65. And then Matt Roy is signed for this year and next at 3.15. I think he could be another interesting option. 15 points in 47 games, even plus minus, but also just a guy who's who's simple defenseman. I don't think he's going to be one of those erratic defensemen that we've seen come through Ottawa over the last while. So Matt Roy would be a guy who I think would be a good fit for the Sens. But is he a top four defenseman? No. So... That's the thing. Like, even the guys, like, I'm looking at Dallas, and I'm a big fan of um, Colin Miller. That was a guy that they looked at. Maybe I should have said that differently. I should have said he's not a top four defenseman on the LA Kings. I mean, but that's not even a great decor. Like, he shouldn't be a top four defenseman on Ottawa either. Um, Colin Miller is a guy I was looking at. He's someone the Sens have been interested in for a while, but... Do I think he's a top four defenseman? No, I don't think that either. And another guy I like on Dallas is Yanni Hockenpah. Guy plays with a physical edge. But again, he's not a top four defenseman either. So I'm worried that Pierre Dorian's going to try to acquire someone from a team like we talked about that 
is going to be under the perception that they're dumping this guy off to Pierre Dorian. And Dorian's going to think, hey, there's so much untapped potential here. He's going to come to Ottawa and it's going to go well for him. Just like pretty much every single defenseman acquisition that he's tried in the last three, four years. And it just has failed miserably. So that's why I'm not really convinced that now is a good time for the Ottawa Senators to be trying to acquire a defenseman. I don't know. I don't know what really Pierre Doran was looking at, and it was in the LA versus Dallas game here. So this is very intriguing here that this is what's going on. I'm more nervous than I am excited. I'll put it that way. And not only with this game in particular, but I just have a nervous energy around whatever Pierre Dorian is going to do next because there's yeah. so many outside factors at play from the new ownership coming in to the fact that playoffs, <laughs> playoffs. Playoffs. are so far away right now and we're in the middle of January with more than more than 35 games left on the season it's just kind of it's kind of eerie right now not only how quiet the trade market's been overall but just you know from history I don't have the exact numbers but Pierre Dorian and yes we know the situation the Sens have been in he has to have like the most trades under his belt in the last five years easily easily yeah so you always have to wonder What's next and what kind of magnitude of a trade is Pierre Dorian going to do? Because think about it from this way. I think it was Margaret O'Toole that I saw talking about this on Twitter where it's like if new ownership comes in and they they ask Dorian, like, what's why haven't you been able to get a defenseman? He can't smile and, and say his cheeky line of, well, you know, there's nothing harder to do than acquire a top four defenseman. I don't think that's going to impress new ownership. Because they'll just pull up all the moves that were made this summer. Mackenzie Weger got traded this summer. John Marino got traded. Those would have been great fits. Why couldn't you make that happen for you? Or what's your plan? Who is someone that you are going to get? It just feels like he's going to do something before the new ownership comes in. To be like, look, look, I got this guy. And I'm worried it's going to be more on name recognition than future skill. It's going to be a guy who maybe is making a decent amount of money. But for what he's done in the past versus what he's going or is doing right now. That's scary. Yep, I, I agree. And the reason it's been so quiet on the trade uh, front, Ross, is because nobody has cap space. Like, even the teams that are, aren't are really top playoff contenders, they're strapped right to the cap here. Because I think all that excitement that Gary put, Bettman put in the air, that the cap's going to go up big in the next couple of years, I think teams took that really seriously. And they load it up being like, it's fine if we kind of strap ourselves right now because we're going to get a little bit of buffer room later on. And from the sounds of it, I don't think that buffer room is as guaranteed as it was maybe a little while ago. So that has a lot of teams struggling here. Um, A big one is a lot of teams that gave out kind of big contracts to young guys, like especially look at the LA Kings. I mean, perfect example, the Cal Peterson contract, that's really put them in a very tough spot now because, I mean, Phoenix Copley has saved the day. He uh, He's bringing Christmas wishes from the North Pole to the LA Kings. But, like, if you look at um, Peterson and Jonathan Quick, that's not a goalie tandem that's going to get it done in the playoffs. But I don't know if the Kings necessarily thought they were going to be in this position and they didn't necessarily think that Cal Peterson was going to be an AHL goalie here either. So they're trying to dump cap. The LA Kings are. So any move they make, it's going to be someone they deem as disposable. And the Ottawa Senators cannot acquire more disposable defensemen from other teams. They can't do it. However, one man's trash is another man's treasure. 
I would love to believe that, but the Ottawa Senators just have struck out so many times with veteran defensemen that were supposed to come in here. And like, well, maybe maybe that's why you go with the different route. You go the Kyle Turris route, where it's not an over, older defenseman who is what we kind of are nervous about. Mm-hmm. But maybe you can spin this positively if you go out and get a guy who maybe just hasn't been given the opportunity and maybe is scratching the surface. I know Dorian loves to say it. I'm still waiting for Josh Brown to get through that surface he's been scratching at for five years. But when you look at certain guys around the league, like Philip Broberg in Edmonton, and I would be calling Ken Holland all the time just based on his track record. Like I feel like he would love Travis Hamanick or love Nick Holden as a veteran. Hey, Nick Holden's from that area. Could he be a guy? I know Edmonton's looking for an defenseman. Feel free to give us a call. But like guys like that who just haven't been given the opportunity but have shown skill in the past at different levels. But if he was going to do that, why didn't he pull the trigger on the Ethan Bear trade? Right. Isn't that, isn't that the perfect example? Yep, it is. Well, Ethan Bear, I mean, he ended up in Vancouver, right? And and maybe he's on the move again. Who knows? Because yeah, you know, like everybody's up for sale in Vancouver. If even, I mean, the, the GM came out and said, all of our core pieces will not be here. So... <laughs> Vancouver's yeah. a team to watch. Wild times over in Van. Only two games in the NHL tonight. So if you see people who typically follow, I don't know, the big markets all the time, you see them tweeting about Ottawa tonight, that's why. Because there's only two games tonight. One of them featuring your Ottawa Senators taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins. We're going to have a full preview of that game. And we'll touch on the Winnipeg game on Saturday as well. But before we get to it, Pilsy, we have to take a moment here. And appreciate this. We talked about Mando's new gear with Igor, but now we've seen it in game action. Oh, that is all time right there from our boy Mando. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the photo courtesy of Belleville Sens. Yep, it's a it's a sharp kit. I I can't say it's my favorite, but I do like it. It's kind of an old school throwback that uh, that I'm digging and. The red pads just look so good. I, I love the all all red uh, pad setup. Like, say what you want, but I loved Philip Gustafson's all red setup. This is like the like the old like Cujo type pads. Nineties, very nineties, or nineties early two thousands. Yep. And we know he's got that matte finish on his helmet too. Like Mando's a style god. Like he knows what's going on. Oh yeah, I bumped into Mando at uh, in the rookie tournament in Buffalo, and he was wearing a green suit, and he rocked it like this guy. Yeah, we talked about with him about his suits. Actually, this guy is a stylish dude. It's about time we get Mando back on the show too. Maybe I'll Absolutely. reach out and see if we can work something. By the way, Lucini back in Belleville. We uh, we got to talk to Buddy. Get that sorted out. Uh, get get him um, back. Also, I want to talk to Mando about his Allen Americans experience, yeah. too. We, we got to get some East Coast uh, League flavor back in here. Since the Brampton Beast left, we haven't really had any East Coast flavor uh, on the show, we, so I'd love to get that. We talked to him a little bit about Atlanta. Yes. Yep, we did. We did. So interesting there, Mando, one of the great guys in the game. So hopefully he keeps rolling. He's been playing well with Belleville since his recall. And um, sneaky tall dude, eh? Like you, you're a tall guy, but he's probably towering over you too. In, in oh, he's massive. Yeah, like I, I was looking up at him when I was talking. And yeah, I I like to think of myself as a tall, dark, and handsome man. But Mando, he's he's got that on a whole nother oh, level. Absolutely. All right, Belleville, by the way, taking on the Toronto Marlies again tonight so big test for them but it's also a big test for the Ottawa Senators eight points behind the Pittsburgh Penguins who currently sit in the final wild card spot 
in the Eastern Conference. They're 3-5-2, and two, though, in their last 10 games. Full preview coming up. You are Locked On Senators. Make sure you stay locked on Senators wherever you get your podcast, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, Apple, you name it. You can find the Locked On Senators podcast. You can also follow the show and interact with us on social media. LockedOn.Senators on Instagram and Send Central on Twitter. We are getting dangerously close to 10,000 followers on Twitter. That's going to be a fun milestone to hit. What happens first? (laughs) That or the Ottawa Senators battling? Here for a wild card spot. Could it, could it happen? Because you wake up and they're in eighth place out of 10 in the wild card race. If they win tonight, they jump over Philly and they've got games in hand on just about everybody. But let's put it this way, Pilsy. This is a big game tonight for me to have any sort of confidence because next week, like after this back to back and Saturday, we'll get to another tough game with Winnipeg coming in. The next four games after that, between the. Yeah. Right ahead of the All-Star break, the Islanders. We know the Sens have games in hand, but they're also points behind. Then at Toronto, home to Montreal, at Montreal. The Habs stink. But again, rivalry games, you can just throw the standings out the window. So those are these are important games coming up. I mean, Ross, I agree with you. The Habs do stink, but unfortunately, they're only one win behind the Ottawa Senators. Sure, two games in hand, but... I mean, I'd like to have a bigger gap than that. So, uh, goal differential. Yeah, the goal differential is insane. <laughs> the Habs are minus forty-seven. The Sens are at minus twelve. Like, although in standings these teams are close, these two teams are not the same. That is Dude, that is very clear. Anaheim has the worst goal differential in the league, minus eighty-three. That's surprising. I thought Columbus would have, but they're minus sixty-three. They're second last. They're twenty better than Anaheim. Wow, minus eighty-three. That is insane. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ottawa put up what ten goals on them in the two games they played. Yeah. Wild. Um, we didn't print off a new Sens lineup chart because DJ Smith did not say who's coming out of the lineup. Who's your guess? Gotta be Gambrell. Like that third line's gotta be Brass Pinto and Joseph, which is is a nice looking third line. Like obviously Brass, you probably don't want playing up there. He's more of a plug and play fourth line offensive guy. But the the combination of those three, I think, can get a little boost in uh, bottom six scoring. I mean, more than the the bottom six group has been recently. That's for damn sure. So I was gonna initially say Derek Broussard, but I think Brass is gonna is gonna play out his his next 14 games. That's how far away he is from a thousand in his NHL career. I think they're going to just let him ride it out until he hits that milestone. And then I think we could see him being a guy who's in and out of the lineup when Tyler Mock gets healthy as well. But I think for now you're right. You're right on track with Dylan Gambrell. The only reason why I think maybe they keep him in and take out Broussard is because you're adding an offensive player in Matthew Joseph and your defensive specialist in Tyler Mott is more replaceable with Dylan Gambrell. That makes sense? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And DJ does really kind of subscribe to that type of thinking. That's definitely something he would do. Well, and there's no chance Austin Watson comes out of the lineup. Absolutely not. Um, there was a good point I came across on Twitter. I'm going to shout out Adam Johns. He made this point. Shane Pinto has five goals in six games this season when Norris has played. He has six in the other 38 games. So, wow. yeah, great sat by Adam there. Uh, it's really telling that, look, you put Pinto with arguably two, two of the best offensive players in Batherson and Debrinkit, but he just was so out of place on that second line, especially, I don't think I need to say this, but Batherson is not exactly a defensive specialist this year, leads the league in minus plus minus. Uh, and then to brink it, yes, his defensive game is, is decent and much better than we thought it was going to be, but he's not that guy either. So a lot of that defensive structure kind of fell onto Pinto. And I think it was obvious that he had to focus on that. and wasn't able to score. So having Norris back just does so much for the way this lineup trickles down. And I think hopefully we can see some chemistry develop between Pinto and Joseph, because that's going to be massive for this team moving forward. Joseph already on a four-year deal. Pinto coming off his ELC here. So those two are going to have to find some chemistry because it's likely they're going to be a pair for quite a while. (laughs) Old takes exposed. I typed in uh, Norris Pinto tweets that we've sent from that. I don't know what I was on at the start of last season. I said, Josh Norris and Shane Pinto are about to embark on a season-long battle to be crowned the Sens' number one center. (laughs) (laughs) shame on all 245 people who like that tweet um no but in all seriousness why i did that was to try to find out what the record is for the senators when both of them are in the lineup because remember when shane pinto came in initially right after his uh college career he came in and they went i think 12 4 and 1 something like that and then norris was injured for or sorry pinto was injured for pretty much the entire of last season so i want to find this I will have that for you in the postcast tonight. The Sens record when Shane Pinto and Josh Norris are in the lineup. And maybe I'll add Stutzler with that. Because now this is one, two, three down the middle like you dreamed of. And we'll see how this can affect it. It certainly made an immediate impact on the power play. And even though Josh Norris didn't score or get a point, just having him stand there on the power play changes everything. and gives everyone else more space. Well, Pinto talked about it uh, when he was describing his goal. That was a weird power play unit. Like we mentioned, Brady Kachuk just stayed on there with that second unit. But they should do that all the time. I would be down for that for sure. But what he said is having Norris out there creates so much space for everyone else because you have to uh, respect Norris's one-timer from that face-off dot. So doing that, it shifts the penalty killers more likely to lead towards Norris to try to stop that uh, one-timer, and that opens up things on the left side of that ice for guys like Brady, guys like Pinto, guys like Giroux. So I, I think just having Norris back is so huge for this team, and that's why, yes, it's been tough struggling through this period without Norris, but I haven't really been hard on this team yet because we haven't really seen what they actually are. I haven't been able to get a good judgment on what this team actually is, now we're in that period where Norris is back, the top six is healthy. Sure, there's a couple bodies out still, but for the most part, this is your Ottawa Senators squad. Now I will start really judging how they do moving forward here. Who are you looking at tonight as your locked-on player? I'm glad you shifted this over to me because I'm taking the low-hanging fruit. I'm going Matthew Joseph. He is back finally. 
coming off the midst of a controversial, healthy scratch that we still don't know and maybe never will know. All right. Let's see if he can bounce back and not that, let that affect him. Because I feel like Joseph's an emotional guy. He kind of wears his heart on his sleeve, which isn't a bad thing. But that could play into him either being like, well, I'm kind of pissed off at the team for embarrassing my, me like that. Or it lights a fire under his ass and says, I can't let that happen to me again. I'm going to show that uh, there's no need other than external issues. Or I guess he called it internal issues. But things off the ice there's no need for them to healthy scratch me a third time this season. I can't let that happen. So I'm going to be looking uh, locked on to him, excuse me. And especially now we get that uh, warm, fuzzy storyline of the two brothers going up against each other. And yes, the dozens of family members and friends won't be there, but his parents will be in attendance. So you, it's a civil sibling rivalry. You got to show your parents that you're the ultimate sibling and you're the better one. So Matthew Joseph, let's see you do that tonight. Is your lookout player Pierre-Olivier Joseph? No spoilers, but it could be. <laughs> All right, my locked-on player. Um, I, I feel like I keep going back to the same couple of guys, so I'm going to switch it up to a guy who Ooh. I haven't been able to stay locked on to this year. Josh Norris. Now that he's had a game under his belt, I want to see him be a little more assertive with his play. I know he's still not going to take face-offs, but I really like the look of him. I thought it was going to be weird with two shooters on the same line. But I really think him and Debrinket are going to play well off of each other and maybe create some extra space over on the right side for Claude Giroux. Uh, I'm expecting a big night for, from Claude as well. I thought he was he was weird last game. He was made a lot of like uncharacteristic giveaways for, for Claude Giroux, I thought, on Wednesday's game. So I think that line in particular I'm going to keep an eye on, but the focus will stay with number nine. A power play goal will be beautiful, but just seeing him there on the hash marks, just knowing that that is an option – gets me fired up. So I go Josh Norris tonight. Um, let's see what his career numbers are against Pittsburgh. But uh, I think when it comes to Josh Norris and and what I'm hoping to see, like the legs look fine. I think, I think we talked about this last episode. Didn't didn't he only have two games before? Oh, yeah. So now it's yeah. three. Yeah. <laughs> now he has three points in three games. Yeah. <laughs> wow, credit to you. You listen to the show. I try. <laughs> uh, Josh Norris, locked on player. Cool, cool. Um uh, I'll just move along to my lookout player. And yes, you nailed it. It's Pierre Olivier Joseph. I mean, this is so cool. Like imagine being able to play up against your brother. I know the Kachucks, there's lots of stories like this, but when it happens for the first time, that's got to be an incredible feeling. Like um, I'm sure they never played with each other growing up. They're probably always on different teams and, sibling rivalry is a legit thing, especially when you're in a hockey family like that. Who gets who gets the head of the table at next Thanksgiving dinner? That might be decided here. Who gets bragging rights? That's huge. I mean, Joseph can say, hey, the Sens beat the Penguins, but he wants to be on there. He wants to be doing it. So I'm going to be looking out for both these guys to uh, make an impact. Although, Ross, do not expect them to fight. They have the same rule with their mom as uh, the Kachucks. No fighting, guys. Don't do that. I don't like Metia's chances. Pierre Olivier, Joseph, bigger, six foot two. I think Joseph's like six feet right on the dot. He's two years younger, so he's 23 years old. And Pierre Olivier, Joseph, was actually a first round pick, 23rd overall back in 2017. Uh, Joseph okay, yeah. was a fourth round pick, but Pierre Olivier does not have a Stanley Cup. And Metia does. Uh, Pierre Olivier, Joseph, was actually a part of the Phil Kessel trade to Arizona. Uh, oh. just 
just to put a bow on it. He was one of the pieces that, nice. that returned to Pittsburgh there. So uh, now he's finally getting his chance in the NHL. And I thought he was pretty decent in the, in the game on Wednesday. He's got a long reach and uh, pretty decent defensively. But my lookout player is going to be Evgeny Malkin. I know that it's low-hanging fruit. I went with Sidney Crosby last time. Now I'm going with Evgeny Malkin. But doesn't it just feel like Malkin always dummies the sands. Maybe not dumb, but he's always in the mix. He's always doing something that just bothers me. And last last game, it was drawing two penalties and then scoring on the ensuing power play, the five-on-three that he single-handedly created. Uh, So I hated to see that. He had a huge night. It was a goal and two assists, I think, for him in that game. And in his career against Ottawa, 53 points in 42 games. And that's only in the regular season. I don't even want to look at the playoff numbers because I bet you they are absolutely ridiculous. Because he played on a line with James Neal that year. I think it was 2013 second round. James Neal had nine points in four games, something like that. It was it was ridiculous. Um, but Evgeny Malkin, he's the kind of guy. And, and Hunter Hodes from Lockdown Penguins. I always like going over to our other Lockdown hosts yeah. and seeing what they're tweeting about during the games. And when they knocked um, Malkin into the boards. One, I didn't agree with him. He's like, dangerous hit from Josh Norris. Like, dangerous to turn like that, that close to the boards. However, he goes, wake up, Evgeny Malkin, at your own risk. Where yes. it's just he's one yeah. of those big bears where just just let him sleep. Let, let him sleep. You Don't get him emotionally involved in the game more than he already is. And I hope they take that approach tonight. Don't, don't be poking him, poking him, because he's got too much talent and he'll make you pay. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Um, Ross, I want to pose this question to you. Are you a little nervous how this game's going to go if there isn't 40 minutes of special teams? Like, five on five, this Pittsburgh Penguins team, I think, is going to tear apart the Ottawa Senators. So if they don't get the same kind of power play minutes, how do you think this game's going to go for them? Well, why don't we just get to my key to victory? Stay disciplined. Stay (laughs) disciplined because that – was wild. Only 37 minutes at five on five in the last yeah. game. That's 23 minutes, math guy, at at even or at uh, power play for one team or another. Uh, the Sens had two four-minute power plays. Yep. The Penguins had a five on three. It was just a complete mess of a hockey game. So you're right, and it's a valid question to pose, but I think if you're Ottawa, you just have to make sure that if there are power plays, that they're going in your favor because you're right, five on five, I don't love the matchup, I think Pittsburgh has speed on all four lines, and that's something that the Sens lower defensemen in the lineup have some trouble defending when when there's that much speed coming at them. But, yeah, I'd be nervous. I mean, we said yesterday it's not often that you win a game 5-4 without scoring a single goal at even strength 5-on-5. Five five. Like, they get the 3-on-3 three three goal, but 5-on-5, five five, they need to be better. And I think a way you can do that is – I mean, the Sens did generate more at five on five, but it was such a choppy game, and it, you can't even really take. There's it. no sustained five on five, which I think is where Ottawa falls into trouble. Yep, crazy to think there's only one player, and he's been gone and come back, who was on that team that played in Pittsburgh in 2017, Derek Broussard. And he, might and not he was he was a part of a Pittsburgh trade as well. Like the the entwined storylines are just crazy. And his last goal is against Arizona, another former team. Nice, nice. Uh, what's your key to victory tonight? My key to victory is just keep peppering shots on Casey to Smith. I, I know that uh, all those goals are power play in overtime, so that's a bit of a different story. But again, you got. I don't think Tristan Yari is going to be back. It seems like it's going to be to Smith again. So I really want to see them 
just keep you got have so many lethal shooters. Don't try to get too fancy with it. A lot of those goals, Ross, were just clean shots. Like Tim Stutza goes down the middle of the ice, rips it past him. Shane Pinto down the middle of the ice, makes a move around around the defenseman, rips it past him. So there were so many opportunities for the Sens just to beat Casey DeSmith. I want to see them do that again tonight. Keep it uh, keep it simple like that. Shots from the high slot. Keep it simple, stupid. Do you think DJ mm-hmm. Smith will do that and start Anton Forsberg like everyone's clamoring for? I have a feeling that he goes back to Talbot. That's kind of like, hey, we got the win for you last game, but we need yeah. you to be better, and you're our guy. It's pretty clear DJ leans towards Talbot as his guy, just the uh, yep. amount of opportunities that he's gotten. Like the game's played, sure, it's even, but Talbot missed the first three weeks with injury. So you're looking at a guy who I think DJ is going to go back to tonight. There was an optional skate this morning. Anton Forsberg was out there. Cam Talbot was not. And we know That's Cam Talbot telling. doesn't always skate on game days anyways. So I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see how he rebounds if it is, in fact, Talbot in goal. Yeah, I, I think no matter which goal he's out there, uh, my advice would be hit the over again on this one. I think there's going to be a lot of goals again because these are teams with high, high octane offensives, a lot of players throughout the lineup that can score. And goalies that are struggling and decors that aren't exactly kind of defensively structured here. So I'm liking the over again tonight. And stay tuned after the game to the Locked On Senators YouTube channel. We are going to have wall-to-wall coverage after tonight's game. And not only that, we might be joined by a very special guest. At Laleem's Martian is going to be at the Rideau-Carlton Raceway watching the game tonight. And I am extremely excited to try and pull not only him, but he's going to be with Senators legend. I'm calling him a legend based on his off-ice antics. Andre Waugh is going to be there. Yes. I am going to do everything I can to get Martian to bring Andre Waugh onto the postcast tonight. So no promises, but I'm going to do my best. And we will go from there. But we will be here afterwards. That's why you should put the notification bell on on YouTube so you know when new videos go live. I also want to end off uh, just saying that we're thinking of uh, – of the bloggers over at Silver Seven Sends. Uh, we've had, uh, you know, we've obviously been reading their stuff for years. And uh, Vox Media, I guess, made a bunch of cuts today and uh, they demonetized their site. So I don't know what's next for them or yeah. what's going on, but uh, tough news over there. Uh, some talented writers for sure. And uh, I'm sure I, I just wrote to them, I said, onwards and upwards, I'm sure there'll be better opportunities. If not, they can uh, make them themselves there's uh too much talent there to go to waste so uh unfortunate that they they've been cut demonetized however you want to call it um but just uh we're thinking about them obviously it's a tight-knit community and some within might have their disagreements with certain things but uh all in all we want to see senators fan media be thriving i think uh, is the best way to put it yeah i mean hey Content creators, writers, bloggers, whatever, can get paid and have this as a source of income for all the hard work they do. We want that for sure. So definitely they put in a lot of hard work. So we're we're hoping that uh, things can kind of get rolling for them once again and uh, that everyone's doing well over there. Absolutely. Well said. All right. Any final thoughts today, Pilsy? Game day. Senators need two points. And I'm going to go so far as saying you can't keep giving teams ahead of you in the standings. Loser points. Just win it in regulation, please. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts for me. Go Sens go. Like, let's have a good weekend here. Pittsburgh Penguins are up. You like that one, eh, Ross? That's a good one. Um, they're up against the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. And then they got your Winnipeg Jets tomorrow night, Ross. Yeah. 
it's going to be an interesting weekend. That's going to be interesting. And Winnipeg starts a, a back-to-back tomorrow. Senators are going to be on a second half of back-to-back. So maybe mm. we get David Riddick. Maybe. Please. Please. Um, like I said, Winnipeg is going to be prickly because uh, they got dummied yesterday. They were up. They were out shooting Toronto 16-4 to after the first period. I get off the bike. I look over. And it's two minutes into the into the second period. It's two nothing. Matthews just bang bang, and then they end up going up three nothing. I think it was four one was the final, but uh, yeah, there that's going to be a tough test. Hellebuck in net for that one? Yes. Ooh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see. And they got all their injured guys back. Like when they played in December, that may as well have been Moose versus Belleville. Like both yeah. teams are missing so many key guys, but now Nikolai Ehlers is going to be there. Now on defense, uh, they were missing a, a couple pieces and some depth guys up front as well. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good game, I think, on Saturday. But uh, I'm a little nervous for it. So get the two points tonight while you can. Please, Sens fans, try not to get PTSD from the air horn or just the the view from PPG Paints Arena. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. It's hard. Okay. I know. Uh, go, give us some ghost ends go in the comments. That's what we want today. Yeah. You not see my smile when Pillsy said that? <laughs> oh, more. Put go sense go there. For today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Pillar, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast. Your team every day. <laughs>